Hey everyone, welcome back to The Complex. On this episode, we hear the story of Tony's struggle to search for a new job while simultaneously becoming an expert at all the non-essential things. But before we get started, we just surpassed 20,000 listens on The Complex. So to say our thanks, starting today, all of the products, including the signed books and video education series on James's website will be 25% off. To get this discount, Go to jamesochoa.com and use the promotion code SS5, as in the number 5, at checkout. This will only last for a month, so make sure you get everything you want now. And, while you're there, go over to the Storm Stories tab and submit a story of your own to be featured on the complex. It's completely free and your story just might be featured. Now, without further ado, here is a reading of Tony's story entitled Completely Off the Rails. Lost my job in January 2019, and now, upon reflection, my ADHD may have had something to do with it. Four months have passed and I've done squat. Sitting at home, giving me all time to do stuff, I learned CAD design, became an expert at Home Depot, shopped for 3D printers, basically did all non-essential stuff other than look for a job. For some reason, typing up my resume and looking for a job is one of the hardest things for me. Now here's the kicker. I have a part-time company where one of the primary things that I do is work on resumes and interviews for others. I'm good at it and make enough money on the side to worry about taxes. Now for me, to be my own client, no way. I'm unable to manage myself completely failed in the job search process. I've not landed a decent interview, not because I'm not qualified, but because I was not disciplined. Today, I've had enough. I was lost like Alice in Wonderland. If my regular distractions alone impacted my ability to concentrate and focus, the emotional feeling of having failed and totally unable to sit down, focus, and do the goal-oriented tasks has simply overwhelmed me. It was then that I had to accept that the ADD snake had taken control over me. I don't know when it does, but it sneaks up on me and does that. Sadly, my ability to ultra hyper focus only provides temporary relief and a false sense of hope that I can focus, but I can't. I can ultra hyper focus, but I cannot focus. This distinction is lost on me. Today, I decided to reset and went to the gym and meditated started writing a journal after fully accepting that I have ADD. I have to do something about it first before I can expect to have any success. So James. Yes, here we go again. This is a very classic ADHD story, I feel like. It's a storm um, of uh, many iterations with lots yes, of people. Yes. That I think a lot of people can relate to. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Myself included. So, Yes, yeah. <laughs> so what I want to talk about in this episode of Shiny Shorts is self-management in particular. Yes. The skill sets around that. Because um, one of the major things that, that Tony brings up here is that, you know, he has a part-time job of making resumes for others. Um, right. And yet he, he just kind of doesn't sit down to do it himself. Correct. Um, so how can a... How can an adult with ADHD create 
a way to help themselves almost, right? How, yes. how can they create yes. the strategies that they do so well for others in their right. own life? Right. So this is one of the, um, one of the certainly a top 10 conundrum on the ADHD spectrum uh, where I can do something very well for something else or for someone else that's harder for, to do for myself. And I love the idea yeah. of, uh, right, of the self-management space because uh, the other terms I use for that are, are customizing your life, you know, personalizing strategies, really coming in and honing in how things work for me. And okay. obviously for Tony, it's, uh, okay, how do I treat myself as my own client to get something done? Uh, yeah. it's, it's really kind of the theme for me. But yeah, self-management, how do we do that? You know, again, you go back to uh, my work in Focus Forward or earlier versions of the podcast or my video education series. It, you've got to educate yourself about what this is or isn't because in the linear world or the world that does not have this neural patterning we uh, diagnose as ADHD, um, it's illogical. It's irrational. It's uh, something that's infuriating uh, and certainly looks confusing to everyone outside the person. Yeah. So educating yourself that, okay, wait, 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 this is a norm and I've got to come up with self-management or self-managing uh, tools for myself. And the tough part is, again, uh, when you go to the normalizing factor of attention problems, everyone has attention problems from time to time. Not right. everyone has ADHD. So, yes, yeah. everyone needs self-management tools. Um, those diagnosed with ADHD, they must be customized and personalized through the education first of ADHD. And then now we're talking about, okay, how do we reset? How do I really know what works for me? And I talk about them as my top kind of five or six strategies that I really use to hone in on areas of my life. Mm -hmm. um, what are those? So those would be things in the areas of mental, emotional, uh, spiritual health, uh, physical health. Um, and then what I like to call is uh, over planning self-care. Um, mm. And so, uh, you know, over planning self-care has its own little, uh, it's kind of my shiny object this year, I think, <laughs> in teaching adults how to do that. So, um, and we can talk about what that is now, or I can kind of go through the five for you if you want me to. Let, let's go through the five initially, and then we'll we'll come back to that. Okay. So when you, when you look at these kind of five areas of your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and over-planning self-care, those areas, you're customizing. So if we took mental, the mental process is going to do thing is going to be things that are centered around my thinking, my organizing, my follow through, my consistency. But I think about the things that are going to take some brain power for me to really mm. get done. And so I might yeah. customize top three to five, meaning am I organized enough? Um, how do I remember things that I might easily forget? Do okay. I personalize my organization strategies? in a way that are custom to me, uh, such that I know exactly where I put my keys and everything else at home. And those are 80 to 90% consistent. Okay. Okay. So, with the so is that, is the mental aspect really about kind of identifying, I guess, for one, what you're good at doing mentally. Sure. To where kind of your deficits are. And 
like kind of what what you need to do to personalize things more and make them more effective for yourself. Yes. Is that yes. kind of along the lines? It okay. is, but it is. And the mental, mental part, thinking the things that, that take your brain power to do. Okay, they really take your thinking power. And so organization is yeah. going to take some thinking power. Uh, my memory uh, aspect of remembering things is going to take some thinking power. And so, again, I am giving um, uh, individuals who listen to this a conceptual idea, all right, on how to think about and kind of come up with these things, come up with uh, strategies in this case. But I really don't. I'm not, uh, I cannot dial something in very specific f- for someone. Uh, you can learn to do it for yourself, but they, this, yeah, they have to do that on their own, right? Well, they have they, to do that you for have, your own life. Right. And the reason you have to do that is it has to be very personalized in a way that has personal meaning and connection to you. Right. And then because uh, we've gone about, and again, organization, self-help books on ADHD are very helpful there's a lot of good information in them. I still but am not do a, the job for you. No, they're not going to dial in a strategy that's going to work specifically. Even if you find an yeah. idea from one of those books, you're going to customize it in a way that fits for you. So I gotcha. go about customizing from the very beginning. Okay. So that's the idea of mental. If you look okay. at, if you look at the emotional aspect, okay. Yeah. The emotional aspect to me is obviously one of the, uh, most critical pieces and the most critical pieces being that uh, if you look at the storms uh, spin off of uh, ADHD that I write about as the emotional distress syndrome, certainly that mental or the emotional aspect is probably it's near and dear to my heart. It's the one that still causes most chaos, even in my life at times. Yeah. Um, but if I look at well, the, we emo- even see that in Tony's story here, you know, he, he talks about the, massive emotional distress that he went through yes. in in these four months that he was unemployed and he he cited that as a major factor as to why he was like procrastinating procrastinating so much and and doing all the right. things that he right you know right quote unquote wasn't supposed to be doing right well exactly and and so i think we can spend just a bit of time here and talking specifically about the story here in a minute yeah and so let me flip through these five areas and then let's go back to the story and i can tell you specifically kind of out of the reference of these five areas how to how to how to think about it all right sounds good um so in the emotional aspect again there are things like mindfulness and meditation I put it what I call is the Maslow hierarchy of need, which is food, water, sleep. Uh, you might put shelter, but in me, mm-hmm. for I've got mindfulness and meditation in there as a Maslow hierarchy of need, meaning I've got to do this and build a relationship with it. To me, yeah. mindfulness and meditation is not a skill set to learn and you're done with. It's a skill set you're going to begin to understand what works for you, how to practice it. So you can use a meditation app. You can use all these pieces, but ultimately you're building a relationship with mindfulness and recentering yourself and coming back to focus. Um, I write a really good blog about that, that we can actually put a link onto this show, Jules, uh, on mindfulness and meditation for people to know how to build a relationship with it. So that's a key element of the emotional piece. The other piece on the emotional side, uh, which to me comes in terms of the story, which we'll get to here in a minute, specifically has a lot to do with acceptance. And so 
the acceptance emotionally of the storms and the chaos is an ongoing process in an, in an, in, an, in, the, in the life of someone diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. And so that ongoing acceptance process in this case is to me emotionally coming to terms with on an ongoing basis, how do I resource myself? Okay. So the okay. other thing beyond resourcing or resourcing myself emotionally is the use of the imagination and the science of the mind. So emotional safe place, the mental support groups as I write about them and talk about them on my podcast. Those real, are real quick. Yeah. What what do you mean by resourcing your emotional self? Meaning that I want to strengthen my emotional ability to calm myself, to stay centered, to come back to centered, uh, to tolerate frustration and stress. And so what I that also be like pacing yourself out such that you're not like, yes. you know, putting too much stress in one area or like yes. you know, building up too much anger or something like that. Yes. Yes. Because you're going to be supporting yourself emotionally in, in uh, okay. processing so it's, emotions. It's like, yes. Yeah. So it's like managing, managing your resources effectively. Exactly. And in this case, it's an emotional piece. Like I can emotionally exhaust myself. Uh, if I see too many clients or I didn't have a good night's sleep, uh, there are a lot of things that can cause that. But in yeah. this case, I am looking at the emotional resourcing as being uh, the use of imagination, the science of the mind, the emotional safe place, mental support group, so that I can use the neurology that's inside my own mind to take care of my emotional health. So, gotcha. I, you know, I use lots of examples of like, um, I have a specific uh, uh, waterfall in my emotional safe place, and it's about a hundred mm -hmm. foot tall waterfall. But I got this great little meditation cubby behind it in my own mind's eye that I can sit behind this waterfall and hear the roaring water, but feel completely at peace and calm. Yeah. I can use that to emotionally calm and ground myself instantaneously, uh, anytime during the day. Uh, just by really closing my eyes and thinking about it. Gotcha. So, okay. 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 So it's not necessarily so much about like managing your resources effectively. It's it's finding the resources that that you need. Yeah, the resources that work for you again. And again, yeah. I think the concept is in the science of the mind and the imagination in this case, or mindfulness and meditation. Those are mm. the two big pieces that are emotional aspects of resource. Okay. So that's that gotcha. part. So okay. now. We get into the area of spirituality. This is always yeah. a fun one for me. Um, number three. Yeah, number three. Here we go. So spir <laughs> spirituality. Thank you. Uh, spirituality, I define as personal meaning in your daily living. Okay? That's the first step. Okay. What brings something that feels meaningful and is personal to you? I'm looking at my office right now, and I see a beautiful plant that was given to me by my mother-in-law eight or nine years ago. I see a beautiful tapestry on the wall that's a really nice painting. I see lots of things that are very... Oh, I also see beads, if people know about me. My, <laughs> my glass beads, my shiny objects. Go look at my newsletter a few months ago. Um, yeah. But a personal meaning in your daily living keeps you resourced by emotionally or spiritually surrounding yourself with things that are meaningful. So I feel like I've got this kind of living environment around me as a blanket to really keep myself spiritually kind of connected. That's one gotcha. piece. The other aspect of spirituality has to do with what happens before you're born, 
and after you die. This mm-hmm. is not my attempt to get weird or strange. <laughs> or strange, religious. Or religious. But it's my attempt to say, here, folks, the anxiety of not knowing in your survival instinct of the mind of what's going to happen before you're born or after you die sets up this unknown that we all feel a little, quote unquote, nervous about because we don't know. Hmm. People use religion. I say you can use nature. You can use relationships. You can use anything you want to as a belief system to calm that sense of anxiety or the unknown. Could that could that belief system potentially be the belief that there is nothing? Because sure. I know that Absolutely. I know that there are you know some agnostics or atheists who Absolutely. Um, don't necessarily think that there's anything kind of beyond us or, or outside of yes. you know birth and death. Um, right. And you know, not getting into either of our own personal beliefs, but I think that that could be yes. a way of grounding yourself as well. Well, no, actually. and it exactly is. I've worked with a number of atheists. And so in that case, the personal meaning in your daily living is your spiritual nature. Okay. Gotcha. That's all there gotcha. is. And that's fine. Um, so it's your, it's your like here and now in the yeah, moment. Kind exactly. Of like living. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes Absolutely. Sense. And so spirituality, that's all I, that area, you can evolve and develop that in many, many, many different ways. I constantly explore by reading, uh, concepts or thoughts within the realms that are interesting to me, whether it's nature or science or things like that. But I keep mm-hmm. that evolving and strengthening spiritually by, reading and understanding and constantly learning and growing. Okay. Gotcha. So perfect. The uh, fourth area is physical. The physical piece is really important because physical chemistry of the body has such an effect on us from an attention span point of view. So whether we talk mind and body are very much connected. They're not uh, separate things. (laughs) Many, many people, myself included many times would say they're one and the same, you know, they, they are interrelated and interconnected so deeply. Yes. Um, and you know, I've loved the work that like Dan Siegel has done around this called your interpersonal neurobiology, uh, which Mm. has got a huge growth and development about how you understand your neurological development and process. That's very personal. And it really does create a great physical awareness of the body and how it works. Um, And in this case, the physical piece, I would say, has things like nutrition in it. It has sleep in Mm -hmm. it. It has exercise in it. It has water intake or how you're adjusting your neurochemistry. This has got medication. I mean, it's an actually, it's a huge area. So that's funny the term you use adjusting your neurochemistry that that could be i mean you're basically saying drugs like like no, what no no what? no i'm not wait 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 i'm not saying i'm not just saying medications like western meds I, dude i mean yeah. look i drank water here 30 minutes ago I mean, that, that and could i adjusted even, my neurochemistry right that could even be food or something like well, exactly. that it could be soda it, it could be anything right. anything that yes. goes into your body because yes. everything affects how you feel yes and so that's what you're getting here okay yes. the physical aspect is adjustment and it really does affect your neurological spans of attention and there's a lot gotcha. to it i will tell you yeah. very very briefly that if i look at physical exercise 
uh, I use what I call as a decathlon approach, okay? You come up with mm -hmm. 10 different things you could do for exercise so that wonderful attention, shiny objects of our mind grab one out of 10 easier than I have to do one thing in a gym with a coach and can't stay away from yeah. it. That's like a gotcha. recipe for failure, unfortunately, <laughs> for our minds because we're, we're too – we get chaotic and we get disinterested and so – just give mm -hmm. yourself 10 things you could do. I do swimming, rowing, green belt running, walking my dog, landscaping, walking around the neighborhood. I mean, yeah, I, I, those are things I do in my life all the time, but I see them as exercise. Okay. So physical gotcha. exercise, 10 different things allows you easy choice. It's, it's you getting out and moving and not, not, you know, sitting yes. around doing something uh, in, in the house that you Absolutely. always do. Right. Yeah. And then if we look at neurochem or we look at nutrition, okay, the basics on nutrition for me, uh, it's a huge deal on the ADHD spectrum because it supports the neurochemistry of the mind and our body enormously needs fuel uh, in nutrition. And so learning about that for yourself is really customizing and personalizing your, what I call your relationship or your interaction with food. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, in this space of nutrition, I will say that, you know, higher protein diets that do, um, uh, develop or spin off into amino acids that produce pro or the, the proteins do, which create neurochemistry in the brain for focus and concentration. There is uh -huh. work. There is some good work that does talk about pro higher protein diets, but I'm not going to get into that specifically. As much as saying nutrition is critically important to dial in at a personal level, um, mm -hmm. I myself, you know, uh, look at currently kind of intermittent fasting. Uh, I look at, you know, how I feel. Key piece for me, which I think is probably true for a lot of people, is I don't eat when I'm stressed. Because when my body mm -hmm. is stressed out, the last thing it wants is food. It's, it actually shuts down right. digestion. And right. so uh, I have this phrase I call, I'm at ease. I want to be at ease when I'm eating food because it's a much better process for my body and nutrition. But I just suffice to say that nutrition is a big part of the physical space. Hmm. Um, that makes sense. And I think you go into a lot more of that on your video education series, right? Actually, I do. I do a, a lot on nutrition and a lot on kind of the food aspects and medication and water okay. and things like that. Um, gotcha. a fun little fun fact on water. If you're actually thirsty, uh, then your body is already setting off, uh, signals in the body to, um, uh, capture water because it feels like it may be not having enough of it. And so the key element to me with water mm -hmm. is just always make sure you don't feel thirsty. Okay. It's probably a yeah. really easy mark. Never, never get to the point of feeling thirsty. That that's how you know you're hydrated. Yep. Yep, it's kind of yeah. an easy way to do it. Um, Great. So what's number five, I think? All right. On, so right? number five is what I call over-planning self-care. Okay? okay. This is kind of a new one for me this year and the model as I continue to develop beyond my book into the podcast and really working toward, uh, you know, next year I'm really working toward getting out in all-day trainings, doing keynotes, uh, really yeah. getting online with information with people. So. Uh, my thinking this year on overplanning self-care is uh, those with ADHD, many times we run past the ideas of stopping ourselves for self-care like three-day weekends, like I'm going to take a day off 
just to do nothing and let myself wander. Uh, so yeah. I don't feel so stressed by having to be on a schedule all the time. And so the model I talk about is, you know, take your calendar a year ahead, randomly pick three to five days that you block out of your calendar. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you take, you go, if you're at work, it's like, I'm going to take a day of vacation. I'm going to make sure my secretary is not, I'm not going to be here. But then say next October comes up and you took the 12th off. I don't care if it's a Wednesday. I don't care if it's a Thursday. All of a sudden there's this day on your schedule. Where it's like, Oh my God, there's nothing planned. And yeah. to me, that over planning self care is giving yourself time off to stop and be with yourself and to do things you want to do. But it's like this little prize. It's like this little something you're putting mm. out in front of yourself. Um, yeah. And it's uh, also a little bit of a reset too. You absolutely. get to kind of recoup energy and, and kind of re refocus yourself into the things that you really care about. Well, you absolutely do. And like one of my favorites is to get up uh, from Austin, Texas at six 30 on a Saturday morning uh, and go and drive to Houston for two and a half hours. Some people might think that's far. It's very meditative for me. <laughs> um, and I go play golf with my brothers. I go, I go to a Houston Astros game. I'm a crazy Astros freak. Um, and, but I do things. I go to visit a museum. I go out to lunch with a good friend and then I drive home and I'm, I'm home by seven or eight o'clock that night. Yeah. It is so resourcing for me. And I try to do that probably five to six times a year. Um, but Times where you take a weekend away. I'm going to go uh, rent an Airbnb even in my town, but yeah. I'm not going to tell anyone where I am. And I'm just going to take some time <laughs> away. Yeah, just the, disappear so, for 24 hours. Right. And I call that <laughs> over planning self care because we really gotcha. do want to arch over and, uh, and, and plan self care in a way that's set up. And I love the idea of kind of grabbing your schedule and grabbing days and putting them in there. Uh, so that there's surprises later on. I love doing yeah. that because I've got ones captured in my calendar, and I don't even remember where they are, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to do it because you, you're basically giving a, a gift to your future self. You know, it's like, here, have a day off. Hey, you deserve it, right? <laughs> I, 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 I get it now. I'm paying it forward to myself. Right, exactly. That's a good way to <laughs> do it. my own self-care. Okay, so, so we can get back to the else. story now. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so well, so something else I wanted to talk about with the story was he, he mentioned this um, acceptance that he had to go through of his ADHD, right? He, right, he specifically right, exactly. said the ADHD exactly. snake had taken control, um, and once he had kind of accepted it, right. then that's right. where he found this, this clarity and um exactly point at which he was able to start right kind of right. moving forward a little bit so exactly for one what does it look like to accept one's adhd and uh how does that help someone in the moment and for the long run well this is kind of an interesting and i've talked about this actually on several national podcasts because people would say acceptance has an idea that once I accept something, I'm, I'm over with it. Okay. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm five foot six. I'd love to be five foot seven, but I'm not, but I have accepted. Okay. <laughs> so, and I'm probably going to get shorter as I grow older. Okay. I get it. But the, uh, acceptance model on ADHD is that, uh, one, it's a developmental issue. So it's going to look different for me as I approach my 58th birthday at the end of the month. 
which by the way, I love my fifties. It's just been a blast. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, the acceptance is it's going to look different for me in my fifties than it did in my twenties or my thirties. And so mm. I go through acceptance again. I have to say, okay, this is where I am now. And so for Tony, in this case, his idea of accepting, okay, this is where I am. I need to reset. I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to go do some things and get to the gym that makes sense for me. But yeah. a, a key piece to the whole idea of acceptance to me is also learning how to reset. And rather than feel like a failure, something's wrong. It's like, no, I just need to reset what's going mm. on here because I'm in a cycle of procrastination or I'm stuck. But this is how I do it. Is um, yeah. So when I talk about acceptance, it's an ongoing process within the spectrum of ADHD based on the challenges you face. Gotcha. That makes okay. sense. Um, what what does it? I mean, I still am kind of having trouble, like I guess, visualizing what it is you are are actually doing when you're accepting. Are you just looking at your life in this moment and saying, "Okay, this is where I am." I'm, yes. Not necessarily. I'm happy with it, but like I know where I am. I I know where to go. Or is it something different than that? Well, no, no. I think that's a that's the beginning step. Is that I accept reality. In Tony's case, it's like okay, I accept I'm procrastinating. I accept mm. I'm doing things that don't really appear to be moving my ball forward. I accept yeah. that I'm able to help other people, but I have a hard time helping myself. So. Yeah. That acceptance, which is saying this is where it is right now, is a first step. And then saying, okay, what's next? Then the what's next to me mm. um, isn't trying to force something to fit again or I got to have to do it this way. It's like, okay, how do I reset this? And so for him, it was motivating to go to the gym or start to meditate again. And that's where you begin. It. That's where you start. Um, yeah. And so acceptance is reality in the moment. This is where I am. I'm not in denial of it. I'm clear about it. I reach out to a pot of support or a friend who's going to understand those kinds of things. But I kind of look at it, I process it, and I take, okay, what's what's my next action focused forward, literally? Yeah, gotcha. Perfect. Well, thank you, James, for all of that incredible insight. If any of you listening uh, would like to go even deeper into these concepts James has been talking about. The video education series that he sells on his website starting May 30th will be 25% off all yep. the way through June 30th. So go get that while you can. And while it is discounted, he gives a ton of extra tips uh, that go even more deep than we have here. Um, and, uh, and and can I tell them why I'm discounting it, Jules? Sure, of course. Because it's a celebration. It's a celebration that within about 14 months of releasing the complex and shiny shorts, um, that we are nearing and getting ready to cross 20,000 listens. Uh, That's correct. How many countries? I can't even remember the number of countries. I believe it's, it's like 32. 32 countries have been listened to. So it's just been phenomenal that information's gotten yeah. out to people. And I really want to celebrate and give back. And my video education series is a great way of me talking to you with an outline PDF that you can take notes on. You can listen to time and time again and go back. Uh, and I plan to record some more specific ones even this summer also around like career uh, and around parenting more specifically in detail so that folks really have the latest information I see that works for the spectrum of ADHD. 
Perfect. So if you want to go buy that, you will use the discount code SS5, as in the number five, SS5. Which stands you for Shiny that, Shorts, right? Yes, Shiny Shorts <laughs> 5 for the fifth episode of Shiny Shorts here. Uh, you'll put that in when you check out, and it'll take 25% off uh, your entire order. Uh, so you could yes. order multiple video education series for multiple people, or you could order um, books off his website that are personally signed from him. Uh, all of that will be 25% off. So yes. thank you again, yes. James, for all of the incredible insights. And we will see you next month. Absolutely. Or they at least will listen to us next month, right? We'll yes. actually see them. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>